welcome back to Tiny Voice Talks with me, Tori Bono, and I am so excited to have Audrey Pantelis with me today, and we are going to be talking about no filters, something that is very, very close to Audrey's heart. So welcome, Audrey. Hello, Toria. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm safe and well. Thank you very much for asking. So no filters. Can't wait to unpick this. But tell us first, for those that haven't come across Audrey Pantelis, who is Audrey Pantelis? Oh, gosh. I sound like a woman of mystery. Indeed. (laughs) Who is? Indeed. (laughs) So I am a uh, teacher. I am a teacher of uh, who's been teaching for 30 years, dare I say. I can still remember my first day back in 1991 thinking, oh gosh, what, what is this? Why am I doing this? And genuinely, I went into teaching thinking I'd do it for a year and then I'd go and get a proper job. Um, and here I still am, uh, still hanging around 30 years later. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, um, started off as a mainstream teacher. I started off as an unqualified teacher actually, and then, um, became qualified. And then, um, uh, my main subjects as secondary, um, music teacher, uh, and kind of went into the performing arts and taught drama and have just, taught. Just, performing hold, arts. Hold, hold fire. I need oh, to oh. unpick some of this. Cause you're just like, it's like, so did you, you didn't want to become a teacher then? No. Initially. Oh God, no. Okay. I love that. Oh, God, no. What? So that was, <laughs> why did you not want to become a teacher then? <laughs> yeah, um, I think I, I just, I didn't consider it as something that yeah. I, I felt I needed to do. I mean, as a child, you know, when, you, when you're playing your games and, you know, and I used to, I remember my sisters actually used to tell me, my older sisters told me, yeah, I used to pretend to have registers and stuff. And I used to, put, you know, get my toys in a row, like most of us do, mm-hmm. you know, pretend to play school and things like that. But yeah, yeah I was never, uh, it was it was not a, a, a pathway for me, not at all. Even so though I liked children. To what did I want to do? Good question. Yeah. I think I wanted to be a musician, I think. Um, I think I wanted to play in an orchestra. I'm a clarinetist. So I thought, right, I, I, I'd really like to do that. The idea of being in an orchestra and going on tour and and, and, and just playing music was 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 heaven mm-hmm. to me. So I think for quite a while, um, so up until my mid-teens, I thought I, that was what I was going to do. And I thought and felt I was good enough to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think um, I... I, I got a bit of a rude awakening when I was about 15, 16 and started to think about possibly going to one of the London conservatoires and realised I really wasn't that good enough and I wasn't dedicated enough to want to do it. So at that point, I thought, hmm, I'm going to have to think about something else. And so I didn't really think about much else for now um, uh, or then rather. I just kind of thought, Mm. oh, well, I'll come up with something so when um I was doing my degree and even then I wasn't thinking about career still wasn't thinking about what I was going to do I just kind of like what drifted along my degree was in music and radio film and television studies Ooh, yeah exciting. yeah it was it was actually yeah I, I I music was always there the radio film and television studies was brilliant and I loved it really enjoyed you know the different aspects and I have a great love of radio as well um so you know the, the idea that now we can make podcasts and stuff this is heaven this was what I was doing um for fun when I was about eight or nine years old you know getting old cassette players and then pressing record and talking and doing little radio plays with my friends and stuff like that so I this is this is this is honestly a, a, an absolute joy to be able to do podcasts and stuff now this, this is I, what I dream I, I knew 
I knew I loved you, Audrey, because <laughs> no one else I've ever spoken to has ever said that. And do you know something? Go That's on. exactly what I used to do. I <laughs> also then used to charge my parents for the cassette. <laughs> to them. Entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. You can listen to my tape that I've recorded. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You live with me. I am your daughter, but pay me. That's right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, but yes, I've never, ne- yeah, never spoken to anyone else that used to do that sort of thing. And that's exactly what I used to do. Mm. Love that. You're in the right place then. You're amongst friends, Gloria. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're at university doing that. So you didn't follow sort of a radio career, clearly. No, but wanted to, wanted to, thought about it. Um, mm. Did my work experience, so as part of our degree course, we had to do work experience um, in our second year, just for, I think it was three weeks. And I went to the BBC, which was brilliant. So, wow. um, which was great. And I worked, I kind of did admin stuff at Radio 3. And then I was, I possibly could have done some Radio 4 stuff, but I I don't think I was, um, I didn't show enough willing. And at the time, you know, when you think you're, you're quite rock hard when you're about, in your early 20s you think I don't need to show that I'm really into stuff so I didn't I kind of played it down yeah. and so which was madness now because now I would encourage anyone show them that you really like it you know and, and all the rest of it but I didn't do any of that um I was too cool but what was interesting was I I loved being at, at the BBC and I thought to myself this is what I want to do so when I towards the tail end of my degree I, I applied to do the production courses uh, at the BBC and, and didn't get anywhere with that either so some doors started closing and then I started thinking oh what am I going to do so that's why when the I found the teaching advert at uh, university in the summer months and thought to myself oh maybe I'll give this a go and I yeah. genuinely thought I'll do it for a year I thought it'll be something to do and then I'll go I'll keep finding the job that I really want to do so you spoke earlier about you started off as an unqualified teacher I did yes Yes. And how was that? That was interesting. So remember I said to you that I used to play at school and stuff? So um, those thoughts and those actions were effectively what I kind of started to put in place with real people. So no teddies, (laughs) (laughs) real children. And uh, they didn't always do what I said, which I kind of didn't understand. So there were some real sharp learning curves about discipline, um, behavior and pedagogy and all of the stuff that kind of like makes a teacher a teacher. So I had to learn all that fast. But it's interesting, I on even now as I say it, but on reflection, I suppose something I've learned over the years, especially in these last couple of years, is about bringing your whole self to mm-hmm. the classroom and being yourself. And I think it's the one thing that possibly I've, and I've worked at a number of schools, I think probably heading for about 10 or 11 schools over the 30 years. And, and each school, I've just brought Audrey to the school. So Audrey in, in, in her fullest sense. And I've never worried about that, especially at a time when, um, especially as you go further up, the kind of the, the, the progression of, of school leadership and, and, and into, you know, um, uh, senior leadership and the school leadership, um, you, you kind of think you have to be a particular type of person. But I've, I, I realise I've never done that. I've always just been myself. So I think that's how I found it initially, a bit kind of, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Um, but it didn't take that long for me to really love it. And I think that's what's kept me going these last 30 years. I think I've just, I, 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 I love 
working with children. Uh, I like working with people that like working with children as well, if you get me. So, you know, working with great colleagues. I've made some fantastic friends, some people I'm still in touch with now. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, the beauty and the, there is a joy to teaching that if you really love it um, and really love it, then it means it doesn't matter what you do. Even the bad days are okay because, you know, it's always another day and you go back in and, you know, the joy that you find, you often find it kind of hidden. And sometimes it's obvious, you know, it might be an assembly, but sometimes it might just simply be somebody can do something that you thought they wouldn't be able to do. Or sometimes it's just enabling somebody to be able to do something for somebody else. Or you're seeing leaders um, that you're growing take off and, and watching them become leaders as well. There's, there's just lots of opportunities for joy. I completely agree. I really do. I think it is an incredibly joyous profession mm. to be part of because there are those everyday yes. tiny wins that moment when that yes. child finally gets yes. it when that penny drops and you think oh and the deep That's joy it. that you feel yeah it really is a deep joy which yeah. and it's really funny I think to anyone that's not in our profession to explain that you have this deep joy whenever a child finally gets how to divide, you know, eight by yes. two, which sounds yes. bizarre. And they'll be like, yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, but no, it's immense. Absolutely. And it is, it's, it is those sort of things. And as you say, it's not just about, you know, our young people. It's also about supporting and helping other teachers and watching them grow and yes. change. You know, as you said, for so many young teachers, when they walk into that classroom initially and think, which I think a lot of people do, it's going to be a bit of a walk in the mm. park rather like it was, you know, whenever you were five years old taking That's right. And then suddenly you do have live human people there that are sort of giving you that look. Yes. Um, and they also know, they can taste the fact that you are new. Yeah. I'm convinced. Oh, they know. That, oh, they know. You know. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they, they smell it. They're like, oh, yeah, she's, she's new. new. Yeah, she doesn't know. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. smells probably better than taste actually. Yeah. But yes, they can. They absolutely can. They just know, and you're like, oh gosh. And then there's a behaviour. So going, I really liked what you said about you have always been Audrey. Mm. And what does that mm. mean? Um, so that means that you will always get um, a glass half full person. I bring. Um, a passion for teaching because I, 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 I have it. I don't know where I got it from, but I have it. it. It lives with me. It's part of me. So I bring that into the classroom, no matter what I'm teaching. And, and that was something that I was very mindful of when I went into from mainstream into special needs. Um, if anything, actually, special needs is probably slightly better, but I would say that. Um, but, um, but it's better only because there are more freedoms in a way to really be myself in a way that maybe mainstream, there is some form of regulation there that you do have to kind of manage, um, which is understandable. But even then, I still brought me even then. Um, so me is passionate. Um, it's enthusiastic. It's fair. It's, um, or I am fair, uh, not it. Uh, I think also as well. I bring who I am, and 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 um, and and who I am is I. You know, I'm a Black African woman um, who has um, been raised um, understanding where she comes from, 
um, and and where she is, you know, culturally. So I've had, you know, I I I. I speak English, but I understand Chui very well. Um, I'm not the greatest of speakers, and and half of that is because I, I, you know, sadly my parents aren't alive anymore. But when I was at home, I probably had more opportunities to speak uh, and did speak. Whereas the minute you step away, you go to university and stuff, you lose all of that. And so now my my ears aren't that keen. So um, when I attempt to speak Chui, I can speak certain phrases. I understand. Um, fluently i can hear any conversation i can be walking in the street i can hear somebody's talking tree mm. and then i just start talking so um and tree is the um uh, the language of the ashanti tribe um uh, the akan tribe in in, in uh, ghana um and so i bring all of that um into what i do and i think um yeah it's 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 definitely been something that i've been really keen on to encourage especially in special needs um uh teaching um and and also very much so in mainstream but i haven't been in mainstream for a while now so i can't really kind of um kind of look back at that too much now and talk about the current practice because i haven't been in it but special needs yeah definitely so yes that's what i bring your yeah your authenticity is all about that no filters this is it's very much about that this is me this mm. is Audrey do you think that has empowered others around you the the young people around you the staff around you I think the yeah there? yeah definitely yes the the role I was doing was the school leadership role that I was doing I was really lucky enough to be able to set that up from scratch and so in in, in so doing there was a lot of my values, a lot of my thoughts, a lot of kind of what I believed was important, kind of embedded into the school. And so as a, as a result of that, that meant that, that, that there was lots of, that, that there were kind of Audreyisms kind of <laughs> popping up around the school. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real word. Like Audreyisms, yeah. No, but it's, it is now. It's going Thank to be dictionary you. right now. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just made that up. And so as a result of that, that's interesting because, yeah, that was sometimes scary when you hear yourself back, um, but also pleasing in the way that actually that, that, that infectious joy of kind of let's just do this, um, mm. that, was, that was kind of peppered throughout everything that we did. A, a great example of this was um, <laughs> when we, uh, the, the school, uh, because it was so new, every year when it was our birthday, when the, when on, the, on the day that we actually opened to pupils, we would always celebrate that. And the joy of that was actually it was always in January. So um, January is a bit of a you know dodgy month. You've got Christmas. You've come back. You, it yeah, is, yeah, feeling a little bit yeah. down. Indeed, fun? absolutely. So you're kind of thinking, oh goodness. So effectively, I used to kind of just think, right, come on, we're, we're, we're going to enjoy this. Let's let's mark this because this is a big deal. And so mm-hmm. um, the the year before I left the school, I I, I made the decision and, and brought it to the senior team that I felt that I wanted in a special needs school that we were going to have um, an ice rink and we were going to go ice skating because we couldn't take the kids <gasps> ice skating. So we were going to bring the no ice rink. Yeah, so we were going to bring the ice rink to the school and we were going to kind of get the kids ice skating. And this is including some children wow. who can't walk. There are some children, obviously, who've got, you know, they, they've, they've got their, you know, their different difficulties, either physical or whatever. But I thought, no, let's mm. give our kids an opportunity that they wouldn't necessarily have and in a safe space and a safe place and we can help and all the rest of it. And of course, my team just looked at me and thought, 
you're crazy. And I thought, yeah, I'm crazy, but we're going to do it anyway. So I'd already spoken to the company that we were going to be hiring the uh, ice rink from. And we talked about all the different aspects. They said, yeah, no problem. It all be good. Then, of course, I then let parents know. They all started going, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? These children can't this. You know, they can barely walk on, you know, normal concrete. Why are you letting them go on the ice? They're all going to cut their hands open. They're going to it's fine and then we had to you know some parents actually had to come on the day it was set up they had to come in and have a look at it just to see it was going to be all right i have not seen i i spent my day backwards and forwards between the ice rink and my office just to go and see who was on there the joy the joy the joy that i saw from some of those children who had never gone anywhere near it before um and 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 just being able to access it safely and comfortably it wasn't realized it was it was adapted for us but it was for the kids and that was what I've always been about that I've always been about you know let's let me give them the opportunities that they might necessarily be able to access all the time for whatever reason you know whatever constraints they have within their their home life school we can try and manage that so that was that was an example of an altruism but I do remember the opposition I do remember that and I just thought well okay but I think that's wonderful. You know, you empowered the whole community in that, in that mm. sense. And actually, I'm somewhat renaming this episode as we go on because I, I, I'm now thinking no filters with joy yes. because actually joy shines yeah. through. Y- yes, it's about no filters, but actually everything that you're saying is that joy, the joy of mm. teaching, the joy of making making a difference, the joy of just being yeah. you. And I think there is a joy in just being us mm. authentic us definitely you know. um so talk to me about the move from mainstream to special education because i know some people in mainstream be going oh oh that sounds really <laughs> interesting i've always wanted to work and so how did you go about what happened to, to make that shift yeah good question it's um it was interesting simply because um around the time that it happened which was uh what are we talking now 2008 eight so what 12 13 years ago yeah um I was heading for the grand old age of 40 and um I thought to myself okay um I'm gonna be 40 yeah fine um and and was aware of people saying things like midlife crisis and I was thinking I don't know what they mean uh but then I think I had one and uh in that I I've been thinking about the idea that um schools were seemed to be even back then as they always have been you know data driven we're, we're always thinking about the next set of exams we're looking at the next set of data we're getting upset why children don't pass exams we're getting upset why teachers aren't teaching properly even though they are and they're probably going over and above we're getting really upset about the fact that when children don't pass exams then adults are blamed for that as if they're the ones sitting the exam and aren't passing it very well and there was a whole heap of stuff that, that I was having to do as a senior leader uh, and I just thought is this what education is? Is this is this what it's about? Mm. And I just thought, I'm sure it's not. And I think I got to the point where I just thought, no, this isn't this isn't right. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I just thought I needed to do something else. So one day I was driving home from work and I rang my husband, well, his partner then, and I said to him, if I was to leave my job, how would you feel? He said, well, you know, if you could try and get another job, that'd be helpful. And I thought, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll try. Love yeah. That. But I'd missed all the windows for trying to get another job. So this was like June. 
or no, it was May. Mm. It was May and I could have got another job, but it was going to be tight. But really it was about me resigning before the 31st of May. And when he said, well, try and get another one, I thought, well, I'll try and do a bit of supply or something. So yeah, I, I, I went into the school that day and just said, right, I'm, I'm handing in my resignation. And they all said, why? And I said, it's not wow. anybody's fault. It's just me. I think I just need to do something else because I think that's up until that mm. time I'd worked from 1991 through to 2008 and I hadn't had a break apart from when I had my son. So I just thought I'll do something else. And I spent the year doing other things. I kind of did a bit of sales work as in um, trying to sell. It was actually still in education, but it was working with a company that I had worked with and I was kind of working for them as a bit of a reversal of roles. And that was interesting, but I found I wasn't that good at sales actually. Uh, the other thing I worked, <laughs> that I enjoyed doing was I ended up doing some supply work, working with um, children with special needs kids, but it was more SEMH children. Um, that was tough, yeah. but I liked it really enjoyed it but then I also did some work working with some children um in a drama group um and so these children with moderate learning difficulties and I started to really mm. enjoy that and so I ended up doing some work uh in a special needs school uh, and uh I think that was it so the, with the combination all, all of that going on um that kind of led me into special needs and then I just thought this is great. And I was already working towards headship in mainstream. So what happened was mm -hmm. I kind of then um, started to redirect myself in special needs. So I started again as a class teacher and just thought, okay, what is yeah. a special needs class teacher? What do they do? How does it work? Because it's a di completely different climate. Really got into that, really understood it. And also thought to myself, if I'm ever going to go into school leadership and special needs, I need to be able to know what a class teacher does because I don't want to get people to do what I haven't done myself. So I understand the whole thing about the dynamics in the special needs classroom, especially because there are so many more adults in the room. And that in itself is a skill about how you manage that and how that mm. happens. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it happened and then started again and then kind of worked my way up and worked in different mm. settings. And I think I work, working with children with autism, with challenging behavior, working with children who had physical disabilities, working with a range of children um, who had either hearing impairments or visual impairments and learning the different kind of um, strategies for learning and, and pedagogies and, and just understanding about the complexities of it all and the family and how important the family is as well. And that parental engagement that really opened my eyes to what you know the pressures are for parents and recognizing all of that and, and how that contributes to how um the outcomes for children with um and young people with learning difficulties how all of that is is, is melded together so actually you know when you lead a school community especially a special needs school you've got to be really mindful of all of those factors uh, as well as all the other stuff that kind of goes with um school leadership so yeah that's how it happened and it happened over time. So yeah, that was me. That's really exciting. And and I know that, you know, you've said to me that actually the young people there had fewer filters, if not no yes. filters, than their counterparts in mainstream. Yes, very much so. Uh and I think that's it's it's the biggest kind of attraction factor for me working um, with children but also children with special needs who yeah they, they 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 number one if they've got a filter they don't know how to use it 
And if they do have a filter and they know how to use it, they don't use it that well. So, um, and, and no detriment to them, it's just how it is. So as a result, what you're always mm. getting is that authentic kind of gut reaction. And one of the things I, I really notice um, is that children, if if they if they like you, they'll, they'll gravitate towards you. If they don't like you or they're not sure, they won't. Uh, and I've had both. I've had both. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't like to think that, you know, children you know uh, uh, you know I'm some form of like you know sweet catcher and all the children come to me and stuff like Pied Piper or something <laughs> there's nothing like that going on because you know I've had some people you know some children I remember once in, a, in an annual review meeting one child said through an interpreter I don't like her and I thought okay and you know what you don't have to like yeah. me because we don't we don't have to like everybody that we meet, do we? So I, I recognize that. And I kind of, if anything, actually, I kind of encourage um, the kids I used to kind of um, work with. I used to encourage them. If you don't like them, not not I was, you know, I wasn't kind of inciting dissent um, <laughs> or rioting or anything. But quite frankly, you know what? If you don't like someone, you don't like someone. That's all right. It's about how you manage that. And it's about how you, you know, you make it work for you. But, you know, and you don't need to be rude. You just need to be kind. But equally you know, I just love the fact that, you know, these kids have got no filter. And so I, I love that. I, I kind of lean towards that because I just think it's real. Well, something that you've just brought up for me, actually, as you're talking, I was just thinking about that and thinking so often we teach our young people to just, you know, sit back and accept and be polite, etc. But then when you become an adult and you're put in a confronting situation, that sitting back and being polite doesn't necessarily work. We have to be taught how to communicate effectively within those situations and authentically. Definitely, we do. Um, and I think half the time we don't know how to manage that that, that well as an adult. Um, because yeah. I I yeah. Right. And I think we, we, we're just taught that we have to be compliant. And, and um, mm. it's just so interesting to know that um, actually the, the, the adults that we really like are the ones that speak their mind. Um, the adults that we kind of lean towards are the ones that are, are quite clear on their opinions. And yet we're taught as children not to. And I think that's doubly uh, the case, especially in the in the way that now we're thinking, with, especially with regards to diversity, um, and that we're now in a position or we're getting into a position because it's still ongoing and it will never end, I think, realistically. But we're getting into the position now where we can actually talk about particular aspects um, of, 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 of social justice and we can address it in a, in a meaningful way without being apologetic about it. Because actually that's the truth of the matter is, you know, when people say things like, you know, as a black woman, when people say, I don't see colour, um, actually, you're not seeing me. And I, I think for years, we've, we've, as, as, as black, black people, definitely people of colour, but, you know, BAME um, uh, people uh, have very much thought, oh, okay, I won't say anything. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it down. I'll, I'll keep it hushed because actually that's, you know, that's, that's the best thing to do. But actually, it isn't the best thing to do. And we we're now in a, uh, hopefully entering a new um, season where we can actually just talk about that in a bit more, in a very authentic way. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the plan. That's the idea, um, whether we do it um, or whether it's, we're able to do it successfully. Um, there are so many factors and kind of challenges in the way, but you know what, we need to overcome them. We need to overcome them. You're, you're absolutely right, you know, and I know that, you know, that over the last year I have learned so yes. much about 
about listening and about being brave and standing mm. up and talking about issues as opposed to thinking, oh, well, you know, I, sh- I shouldn't really, and I yes. et cetera, but actually calling things out when they are not yes. right, when they are not correct, mm. actually using my voice and saying, no, this is, this is not right. Mm. And, you know, I think that only together with, you know, um, can we, can, yeah, as you say, I think it's going to be an ongoing yeah, thing it for will many, be. many, many years. It's not going to be something that be like, oh, yeah, it's over and done with now. And I think many people thought that with George Floyd's death, people, that it was then a, a loud noise at that point. And I think a lot of people have sort of gone, oh, well, we've moved on. No, absolutely. We're still there. We're still there. And people need to still be talking about this on a, you know, yeah, regularly in order for the change to occur. Because actually then that comes down to the young people. In That's the right. It certainly does. It certainly does. And, you know, we, it may well be that we're not going to see um, that change, but that doesn't mean to say that we can't start it mm-hmm. and, and, and get on with it and get, get things moving. But it's a slow ship to turn around, I tell you that much. And so it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's never ending. We just have to keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. Um, but it's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It does. And I know that you and I, um, we met through Twitter. Yes. And I've met thousands of people through Twitter. But actually, Twitter is one of those places for me where that chipping away does occur. And there are great things like Diverse Ed that, you know, both yes. of us were, were, were sort of watching and commenting mm. on. But I think, you know, I, I know now you, you're freelancing and have you found that Twitter's been a great way to network and build that community around? You? Definitely, it has been. Um, I'm I'm mindful of 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 the of the joys of Twitter, um, but I'm also mindful of the um, kind of the limitations of it too. So um, I, I I think I I I I don't hate it in equal measure. Hate it and love it in equal measure. I love it more than I dislike it, but I'm mindful of the fact that at the moment, obviously, it, it's great because that you know that there's lots of like-minded people or not somewhat like-minded people sometimes um all together and, and you know we wouldn't have met if you know there's and and you know we were discussing mm. the fact that as you know and equally myself included there's a number of people that I'm I'm working with really well but I've never seen them face to face uh which is kind of a <laughs> yes. bizarre thing isn't it but there's so many people that kind of like you know I'm thinking yeah actually you know you're you know you're decent and um you know I like what you say mm. and you know I'm looking forward to a time when I can see people face to face and I hope Hopefully that won't be too long now. But the reality is it's it's just a place. It's just an area. If, if you like, it's like I call it like, you know, the ultimate staff room where, mm. you know, you can walk in and you know people and people are cool and say hello and all the rest of it. But equally, like any um, staff room, there are areas where people people like to sit in the same place. People like to say the same things. People like to use the same mug, yeah. etc. And so you can just start creating echo chambers. And so that's why it's really important to kind of get the message further out there which um I hope that you know that, that we do and I think that's the thing for me because up until about a year ago I wasn't really a serious user of Twitter um knew of it mm-hmm. I was on it but I didn't really do that much and it's it's been a joy and it's been a you know a, a real um saving grace for me because there's yeah there's lots of things I've done because of my links on Twitter so um yeah definitely it's 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 great but equally it's just a collection of people but a small collection relatively speaking because education is vast and it's huge yeah it is 
What I have found really useful, though, is it's enabled me to connect with people that I would never otherwise connect with and actually to learn about about things like diversity, equity, representation, Mm. things that um, weren't necessarily at the forefront of my Mm. mind. And yet Twitter has absolutely it's blown my mind with regards to all of that, actually. But I think it's been really interesting because it helps. It, it's helped me to move out of, I think, fundamentally the echo chamber that I yes. was in without even realising mm. it. And I wonder how many of our, the listeners are actually, you know, and, and this my challenge to you listeners, are you in an echo chamber? <laughs> you know, because I think what you're saying, Audrey, is so important that actually what we need to do is we actively need to challenge ourselves mm. with who is who are we talking to and are we talking to enough people that are building uh, well, building our knowledge and ourselves up. Would you? Agree? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I always yearn for lots of learning experiences, different learning experiences, uh, and learning from different mm. people. So I think you know, you, you, you can't talk about diversity and then just only want to talk to the same people all the time just because it's comfortable um that's not that's not the point so yeah sometimes not even having uncomfortable conversations but just having conversations about different things different aspects um perspectives Mm. that you wouldn't necessarily even have considered I think that's really important and um um I think that's that's one of the things I'm I'm definitely getting my stretch and my challenge from at the moment being able to do that and and twitter enables that because of course you can globally now you know um mix with 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 different people and i'm that's the bit i love the most i suppose and 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 it's easy to see why it happens because it's easy to do um i guess for me what i'm thinking about is it's good to get out there but it's also good to bring things back close to home as well so um and and think about how you impact your kind of um uh, more immediate um kind of network and your more immediate kind of location um so yeah it's it's important it's important to to have a, a a balanced view of social media yeah i agree so what does this year what what does 2021 hold for you Audrey what have you got what have I got planned oh gosh I I think do you know what at the moment the biggest thing I I I, I'm realizing about 2021 is that simply you just you kind of work from day to day week to week that's about as far as I (laughs) go that's about as far as it goes I read yeah I wrote to someone today and just put one that's right because it is it it is that sort of yes so what's tomorrow absolutely we're never quite sure are we going to go into another lockdown are we you know what what's happening will we be in tier four will there be a tier 99 by the end of the year yeah there'll definitely be tiers that much we do know don't we yeah in both sense (laughs) of the word I think I just think um it's just yeah that's it at the moment you know what no expectations and I I take things as I come where I can plan I can I will but generally speaking no I'm I'm kind of open for opportunities I'm well I'm welcoming the fact that we've we've been we've been able to slow down um I Mm. I I'm I'm as, as weird as it sounds lockdown isn't great God, good, you know, goodness, no, it's 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 tricky. But equally, I'm just I'm grateful for the opportunities that are coming up, and I'm just taking them as they come. But I think I what I'm loving is the fact that I can, number one I could control that bit of it, uh, although I can't control anything else. And I think just the fact that I'm able to meet you know 
great people like your good self um, that I'm able to um, <laughs> have impact um, in, in different ways in the ways that, you know, if I'd stayed maybe in school leadership that I wouldn't necessarily be able to do. Um, so I think that's what 2021 brings, just opportunities that I will, you know, I'll, I'll knock at the door or I'll push the door open and see where it takes me. And if it takes me anywhere, great. But if it doesn't, great, because equally it's a, it's just about the learning and uh, I think, uh, yeah. that, that's 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 what it's bringing me I think I love that now the question that I ask everyone towards the end of the podcast is this if you could have been taught by anyone living or dead who would have been your ideal teacher? oh gosh who would be my ideal teacher yeah I tell you who yes I really like Samuel L Jackson I know he swears too much (gasps) yeah I really like him and I think he's quite wise Mm. uh, at times um um uh, I just like I I like I like his attitude I've always liked him so yeah Samuel L Jackson I think I I would I would like to to teach me because I I I, I would be a good student for him I wouldn't uh, yeah because he would probably kill me otherwise if I didn't wasn't (laughs) yeah I've got to say if if yeah, if you were in a Samuel L. Jackson class, I would definitely be there. <laughs> One of my favourite Yeah, he's actors. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. he is. He really is. <laughs> Audrey, you have been an absolute delight to talk with. And you know what? I feel like I'm going to, you know, walk out of here, head held high, shoulders back, going, do you know what? I am Toria, and it's okay to be unfiltered mm. because Audrey <laughs> is perfectly unfiltered authentic and wonderful so that's how i'm feeling right oh, now Oh, bless you bless you thank you so much tori it's been great speaking with you mm-hmm.